Welcome to Sunday School Dropouts, the podcast where an ex-Christian and a non-believing sort of Jew read all the way through the Bible for the first time. I'm Lauren O'Neill. And I'm Nico Bakulich. And let's get biblical. Do you know what? That's just crazy enough that it might work. Uh, a few little things, little tidbits that you might want to know, but probably don't, but we're going to say them anyway. I'm the ex-Christian. I was raised Presbyterian. I am now an atheist. And I'm the non-believing sort of Jew. Also, this is not a Christian Bible study podcast. And it's not for children. Nor is it appropriate for those that don't like high-quality content. (laughs) If you can't hang with our top-notch content online, Mm -hmm. then simply log off. I agree. Please click that close button (laughs) on your internet web browser and then fuck right off (laughs) okay normally i read the new international version of the bible but we're not doing a normal bible book today are we no that's right we're diving deep into the archives located uh hundreds of miles below mount religion (laughs) In the grand state of Utah, the beehive state itself. So many bad memories, so many trauma memories of the acts that we committed Mm -hmm. under Mount Religion. That's right. To unearth this treasure trove of hidden Bible books. Um, But, you know, you do what you got to to provide high quality content. Mm -hmm. So today we're talking about an apocryphal little book. Never made it into the canonical Bible. But it was quite popular, and it's called The Acts of Thomas. Last week, we did The Gospel of Thomas. Mm-hmm. This is a whole different enchilada. That's right. It's a completely separate dish. And it was written, if I may dive into some fast facts, okay. around the early 200s. But we do have a reference to it in a document from the early 300s. So, like, we know it lasted for at least 100 years. Mm. It was, like, in circulation at least that long. Um, it was probably written in Syriac, which is a weird dialect of Aramaic. Okay. But the oldest versions that we have are in Greek. Right. Um, so, it's another Acts book. There's one Acts book in the real Bible, which is the Acts of the Apostles, but just call it Acts. Mm-hmm. Um we did an episode on it. Trisha Lockwood was the guest. And it's about, you know, acts that the apostles did. Just things they went around and did. It's what the gang got up to yeah. when the boss left town. And there were a lot of apocryphal acts books as well. A few episodes ago, we did the acts of Paul and Thecla, mm-hmm. which was very strange and amazing, as is the acts of Thomas. Basically, these are like really like folktale-y. Yeah. They're less theological, although actually this one's this one has a lot of theology in it, but it also has a lot of wacky folktale type stuff. And as I said, it's it's more or less unrelated to the Gospel of Thomas, mm-hmm. but it is named after the same person, Didymus Judas Thomas, who is Jesus's twin brother who did not exist. Right. <laughs> Didymus is Greek for twin. Thomas is Aramaic for twin. And then his given name was Judas. Now, according to this text, and this may be true of the Gospel of Thomas, and I just didn't know it when we recorded last week, but this is not just the twin brother, it's also the disciple Thomas. 
Yes. They're the same person. Yes. It conflates them. Yes. So apparently in the Gospels, they left out a pretty important detail from the Christmas story. <laughs> and then whenever Jesus was like, oh, you got to talk to my brother James about this. He was like, but don't talk to my shitty twin my brother, My identical Judas. twin, Judas Thomas. Uh-huh. Uh, also, like, I went back and read all four Gospels where they, like, list the, the chapter where they list the 12 disciples. Mm-hmm. And Thomas, it, it's like, okay, you know, it was Simon Peter and his brother Andrew. It was James and John. They were brothers, son of Zebedee. And then it's just like, oh, yeah, and Thomas. Didn't mention he was Jesus' identical Jesus's twin. identical twin brother. It caused much confusion and consternation among the flock. Um, so... That's that's who we're dealing with. Are we ready to dive into this wacky? I mean, we sh- book. We should. So, I mean, like right off the top of the, of the of the at end of the bat here. Yeah. This thing is is it a Gnostic gospel? Or I mean, it's not a gospel. It's, it's not is a gospel. it a Gnostic piece? It is. <laughs> is it a Gnostic joint? I will say it is classified as such on Wikipedia. Uh huh. I can definitely see some Gnostic elements based on what we learned about uh, Gnosticism for the Gospel of Thomas last week. Right. But. I also don't think it's like that Gnostic. It's not that Gnostic. Oh, suddenly we're the arbiters of I don't how know. Gnostic a thing is. I don't know. It's like on the Gnostic spectrum. <laughs> but I don't know. It's a very popular diagnosis these days. What exactly its deal is. Mm-hmm. Also, we should say it's extremely long and we're only doing the first half this week. Yes. This is part one of two. Because... It's literally 120 chapters long. It's like it's 180 chapters long. Wait, it's 180? Yes. Fuck. Okay, we got a lot of reading to do. Um, <laughs> but we're gonna cover a shit ton of ground right now, and arguably the three most famous stories from this book, plus yes. bonus material. Mm-hmm. Sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, should we just? No, this, this may be crazy, but. Do you want to start at chapter one? I would love to start at chapter one. Okay. Chapter one, Jerusalem. We zoom in on the 12 disciples. Now, it, uh, or actually, I guess there's only 11 right now. Right. Or maybe there's 12 because they did replace Judas with Matthias mm-hmm. in the Acts of the Apostles. They Unclear. were like, hey, you're getting called up to the majors because <laughs> the other guy did some stuff. This is after Jesus died and the 11 to 12 disciples get together and they decide they got to go all over the world and tell everyone about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so they do like a little secret Santa to decide who's going to go where, draw names out of a hat or whatever. Yeah. And Thomas, Jesus's identical twin brother, Thomas gets assigned to go to India. Now, apparently this is a tradition in Christianity that like Thomas went to India and like Christians in India are still called St. Thomas Christians. Really? I had no idea. I had never heard of that. I assume it's bigger among Catholics because mm. the whole saint thing. Um, but yeah, apparently that's a tradition. Um, so so Thomas draws India and he's like, I'm not going to India. It's like, uh, sorry. And he's like, I'm Jewish. What am I supposed to, how am I supposed to communicate with people in India? Such a shitty argument. I know. Because like you're going... All around the world. Well, also, there are only Jews here. All the disciples are Jewish. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then Jesus appears to him and tells him to go. Mm-hmm. It doesn't well, mention Jesus. Not only tells him to go. Yeah, he he forces him to go. Well, he tells him to go, and Thomas says no. Uh huh. So then Jesus Bold move to deny the the 
spirit of your resurrected Lord and Savior. Who is also your twin brother. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I mean, that's not that bold a move. I mean, like... Oh, that's true. Yeah. If your twin was giving you orders, would you listen? No. All you twins out not. there, I feel your pain. <laughs> Nico doesn't even have a sibling. He doesn't mm-hmm. even have a regular sibling. So, yeah, Jesus isn't going to take this shit from his twin. So, there's this Indian merchant mm-hmm. in town. Mm-hmm. And all of the Indians in this book have Greek names. Because, the, I guess, the oldest text that we have... Yeah, so they're like Greekified. Right. Um, This merchant is named Aban. Well, Mm -hmm. that's not a Greek-sounding name. Well, there's Abanes, right? Oh, mine just said Aban. I don't know. I I don't know where that comes from. Well, in any case, he's looking to hire a carpenter Mm -hmm. to bring back to King Gundaforis. Mm -hmm. And that was actually... A king. Not Gundaferes? Uh, well, no, mine spells it, like, different. Oh. Mine spells it Gundaforis. Okay. Well. Um, but there was a line of kings named something like that mm-hmm. in the Indo-Parthian kingdom, which is now Afghanistan and Pakistan. Oh, interesting. So, uh, that at least is uh, semi-true, <laughs> kind of, in a way. Um, why a bond needed to come to Jerusalem for I was this, say, wh- I don't know. It's not like they don't have slaves everywhere else. I mean, Jerusalem does have a great port and access to the Mediterranean. Well, and he's in luck because as sons of Joseph, who was a carpenter, mm-hmm. Jesus and Thomas. Of course, Thomas also learned the trade of Jesus. Yes, because he was his identical <laughs> twin brother. And so they they had the same father and both learned about carpentry. It's so funny to think the very idea that throughout Jesus' entire story, he had an identical twin brother <laughs> that was like also learning to be a carpenter. And that just like never came up. <laughs> it just wasn't a thing. You know, it's like, it doesn't, what does it matter to the story if it, he has a twin brother that is also one of his disciples? How did the fucking Immaculate, oh no, Immaculate Conception is Mary's conception, but how did the fucking virgin birth happen? They were twins, I guess. Yeah, but he's not the son of God. Well, maybe one of them was, was like Joseph. A, was like a regular son. Yeah, but like... When did that happen? If they, if they were born at the same time, that means... Well, it's a classic stacked egg situation, <laughs> except one of them was put there by God and one of them was... Well, he didn't put the egg there, but you know how it works. He put the egg there. He put the oh, egg yeah. there. Joseph put the egg there. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jesus appears in physical form, although he is dead, to a bond. And he's like, hey, um, that guy over there is my slave. And he knows about carpentry, and I will sell him to you. And so he, like, brings Thomas over, and Aban is like, oh, okay, uh, is this your master? And, like, Jesus is technically his master because he's, like, everyone's master because he's the son of God. Right. Uh, And so Thomas says yes, and then Aban buys him. Doesn't remark on the fact that this guy's slave looks exactly like him. (laughs) (laughs) This is my identical twin brother. He's my slave. (laughs) Like... Do you think maybe that might have been? No, no. It's just a coincidence that he looks like me. I bought him for sex reasons. And then now I'm done with that. <laughs> and now I'm done with that. Um, but also, why is Jesus jumping through these insane hoops just to get this dude to India? Look. He can just buy him a ticket. He's got infinite power. No, look. Why does he go? <laughs> He's got to sell him as a slave. And Aban's not going to ask any questions. He just needs a carpenter. I guess. 
So Thomas is like, okay, fine. You know, like, thy fucking will be done. Um, gets on the boat, sails uh, maybe to... It's, maybe it's that he has to introduce, like, the threat of physical violence and death into the equation. Because, like, if you're a slave and somebody just bought you, they're not letting you just, like, stay. They're like, you're coming to India with me right now or I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Well, or something. So Jesus is just outsourcing the, the threat of physical violence onto this... Seems this a little harsh slaver. toward Aban, but Aban's a merchant. He's well. I mean, like <laughs> Aban's a merchant. He's DTF. He's DTK. D- down to kill. Well, I don't know what you. I don't know how slavery works. Okay, neither do I. I'm privileged enough to grow up in a place where slavery is not popular anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> in California. Mm-hmm. Among yeah, most people. <laughs> yeah, among our social circles, mm-hmm. at least. In any case, Thomas gets on the boat. And they start sailing to India, and they land uh, in Andropolis, mm-hmm. a royal city. Not clear what, where it is, a hundred percent. But there's a king there who isn't Gundaforest. Right. There's a, a a local king, and when they get there, there's this big festi going on because the king's daughter is getting married. And, and the description of the festival is. There were noises of flutes and water organs, and trumpets sounded about them. I like... I don't know what a water organ is. No, but I'm into it. Yeah. So, for this wedding, not only is everyone in the city invited, they're actually legally obligated to attend. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially if they're strangers. This could have been a really good solution in the parable of the banquet. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Just like legally require everybody to come. Anyway, um it's the wisdom of the East that they didn't have. Yeah, so they they just pretty much immediately go to the wedding. Um and people ask Thomas why he's not eating any of this amazing free wedding banquet. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Oh, well, I have something better than food or drink. It's the will of the king. It's following the will of the king. And you know that moment when you like turn to somebody that you don't know at a party and you like ask them a question and they immediately say something and you're just like, all right, <laughs> turning to back the other person, this other side, because whatever that is, I don't want to touch it. He's uh, being such a party dick. He's not respecting his master, who was the king of parties, as we all know. That's true. This, yeah, he seems also I, he apparently has transcended the need for physical food. Um. Also. There's one of these one of these flute players. Mm-hmm. She, she's not the water organ player, but she is no. a flute a flute girl. Is mm-hmm. how is literally how it's described. Flute girl, and she's Jewish, and so just letting everybody know there's a Jewish flute girl here. That's basically how it's phrased. It feels wrong when you say that. I don't um, think you should be allowed to say Jewish flute girl. <laughs> it sounds wrong. I agree. However, I have no choice. Mm-hmm. Now there's like a cup bearer here mm-hmm. uh who suddenly slaps thomas in the face for no apparent reason well no he wasn't eating oh he's just mad at him for not eating he's not and he was also being rude and his fucking party mates warned him about it yeah they he, were like you have to eat the food at this ob- and he's like fuck party. food i don't need food yeah so the cup bearer comes up slaps the <laughs> shit out of him. smacks him in the face yeah and thomas is like well god will forgive you in the next world but in this world you're <laughs> gonna get punished which is the opposite of how it's supposed to be yeah that's like a non-apology uh, that's like i'm sorry you were offended i'm sorry if you were offended in specific he says i will see the hand that struck me dragged along by dogs 
Uh, and then he sings a song <laughs> for no reason about a woman getting married um, and conveniently doesn't mention that it's an allegory for like the church being the bride of Christ. Also, it's all in Hebrew, so nobody understands him. First, that's like a triple party foul. Yeah. First totally. of all, you're singing a song when they got professional flute girls there. Yeah. Second of all, however, your song is secretly religious. <laughs> Third of all, it's not in the correct language. The flute girl, however, is into it. Oh, yeah, my yes. The the Jewish flute girl actually falls in love with him because mm -hmm. A, he's the hottest guy in the room, it says. Well, he looks exactly like Jesus. He's, I mean, yeah, totally. And then B, he's like, speaks Hebrew, I guess, and, and acts like a dick at parties. Um, maybe she's like sick of her profession. Yeah. You know, she's, she's like, like, I hate these people too. Yeah. <laughs> the cupbearer goes to get some water from the well, immediately killed by a lion that was hanging out by the well. Mm -hmm. Immediately dogs tear him apart. And uh, one grabs his hand and brings it back to the banquet hall. And the flute girl is like, uh, you guys, this guy just predicted this. You couldn't understand it because it was in Hebrew, but I heard it. This is a rough and tumble world when you're at a party and like somebody's like, oh, I'll just go get some more water. I know. That's like somebody going to the fucking killed by a lion. That's like somebody going to the ice machine right. in the hotel and getting fucking mauled to getting death. Getting fucking dismembered. And then somebody comes back with like a blood stained rag and it's like, oh, well. And people's reaction isn't like, holy shit, we need to bar the gates and not let the lions yeah, in. They're like, serious lion problem they're like, in whoa, this, city. this guy predicted that. That's pretty <laughs> crazy. Like, how many people die per party there? I know, right? And then the king, the king is like, awesome, like, bring this guy over because he can, like, you know, he's clearly got a, a direct line to God. The Doesn't king... seem at all concerned about the fact that his cupbearer was literally torn apart. Yeah, the king heard the story and his takeaway wasn't lion problem. Yeah. <laughs> it was, we got to get this holy man, this asshole up here. Assholy man. Mm -hmm. And he brings him to the bridal chamber. And he's like, you know, like, pray for my daughter. This is my only child, my daughter. She's getting married. And you clearly have a direct line of God, so I want you to pray for her. And, of course, Thomas is more than happy to say a big, long prayer that's 99% about Jesus and how Jesus is perfect and created everything. And then at the end, he asks God to do for this new married couple, quote, what helps, benefits, and is profitable for them. Now, normally, when you say that to a married couple, especially in the year or whatever, 200, mm -hmm. you're hoping for fertility. Sure. You're hoping for a long life. That's that's not what Thomas is interested in. No, because Thomas is obsessed with physical purity. So, okay, cool. He gives the prayer. Everybody leaves. And then the groom comes into the bridal chamber to do the thing that married couples do. You can't even say it, can you? I'm being the Apostle Paul right now. Mm -hmm. They go to each other. Yeah. Well, he goes to her and he sees Thomas in there uh, talking with his bride. And he's like, oh, yeah, uh, thanks for the prayer. I thought you uh, headed out with everyone else. And the guy's like, oh, I'm not Thomas. I'm his identical twin brother, Jesus. I'm dead. You wouldn't know that. I'm not famous here. And please have a seat because I have some real shit to tell you. And Jesus literally sits these newlyweds down on their marriage night. Yes, like on their marriage bed. And gives them a fucking PSA about abstinence. Yes. And he's like, I know that you're married now, but you need to refrain from filthy intercourse. 
Um, and then you'll be holy and pure. And also you won't have kids. And kids are a problem because, like, first of all, they make you selfish because you'll just, like, rob widows and orphans. You don't care as long as you can provide for your kids. Uh, also, quote, most children become unprofitable being possessed by demons. That's right. Most children are possessed by demons. Did you know most children in America are possessed by are demons? Are possessed by demons. They become either lunatics or half-withered or crippled or deaf or dumb or paralytics or idiots. And even if they be sound, again, they will be vain, doing useless or abominable acts, for they will be caught either in adultery or murder or theft or fornication. And by all these will ye be afflicted. So his argument against having kids is, what if they turn out shitty? Also, like, ableist. Like, what if they turn out disabled in some way? No one would ever love that child, But also turning says Jesus. The whole idea of having a child into this moral landmine where, like, hey, you're signing away your right to be a moral person because you will do anything to protect your child. And also the child is probably a demon. <laughs> like, let's be honest. It's like, first of all, you're going to do anything to protect that horrible little probably demon-afflicted <laughs> cripple? <laughs> it's from the text. And then he's like, but if you don't have sex, then you'll have living children. I don't know what that means. I guess like virtues. Um, and you'll be without care, spending an untroubled life free from grief and care. And then you'll get to go to heaven. So this is like, I mean, it it does conform to the Gnostic ideas that we talked about last week mm. in that it's like. This, leave behind the physical world. Leave behind the physical world and focus on the next world. But that's also part of regular Christianity. That's part of lots of different strains of Christianity. So I don't know if you can really call it Gnostic. I don't know. We'll see. There, there are a couple other signifiers that might pop up here. You're right. But At the, this point. The most insane thing that happens. Yes. To me. Okay. Is that instead of kicking this goat, kicking this spooky goose out of their yeah. chamber and getting down. Bone style. All the way to the ground. Yeah. These newlyweds are like, you know what? That was, a, that's a really good point. Bam. Immediately convert to Christianity. They stay up all night talking with the fresh glow of the love of Christ yes. on their fresh ass cheeks. Refraining from, quote, filthy lust. Mm -hmm. A married couple. And then the the king busts in the next morning. Yeah, the king and queen. Mm -hmm. And Hoping they come they, in. They got to see those bed sheets. Yeah. Got to make sure. And the creepiest thing from the past. <laughs> got to make sure everything was creepy. And they see that the bride isn't wearing her bridal veil. And they're like, whoa, aren't you, like, ashamed for your husband to see your face? Because, like, you have only been married for, like, 12 hours. Uh, I feel like this culture may need to, like, Sharpen reconsider bit, yeah. yeah, reconsider women's roles. But uh, moving on, the bride is like, great news, mom and dad. I'm a Christian now. My body is a temporary husk. I'm going to be a virgin forever and go to heaven. Plus, we didn't do it. And the groom is like... Yes, like, thank you, God, for showing me that my body is just a dying bag of wet sin. And now I have the knowledge, the gnosis that I need to free my soul. And the fucking king. The king is like, Fuck. Falls to his knees, rends his clothes. <laughs> no. He's like, my dynasty is over. My children are Christians. And he's like, go get that evil sorcerer who I <laughs> stupidly brought in here to say a prayer. 
why why would you bring some weird sorcerer into your daughter's b- bridal chamber? I know, right? Like you maybe That's you should super have creepy. maybe you should have been a little less excited about your cupbearer being rent limb from limb. But in any case, it's too late. Thomas and I mean, Yvonne, that would have that would have ruined his little girl's big day. <laughs> yeah, well, guess what else did? And that's that honestly illustrates Jesus's point, which is that he was willing to overlook the greater moral crime mm. of his city's serious mm. lion problem. Yeah. In favor of just making sure this wedding went okay. And wild dog problem. <laughs> also. Yeah, but the wild dogs didn't kill anybody. They just tore the carrion pretty much immediately as it hit the ground. Yeah, as it hit the ground. I mean, like it literally the text uses the word immediately. And honestly, those wild dogs have got to be pretty bold to come after a lion's kill like that so quickly in any case it's too late thomas nabon have already skipped town um leaving a broken hearted flute girl in, in the their wake of, in the way of every good sorcerer yes skip town immediately the, the music man over yeah. here no we're we're the real deal we're just gonna leave right now <laughs> bye which is in the canonical bible too. enjoy your trombones in the canonical bible too when they're teaching people how to be apostles they're like go across the land spread the word of god you know don't steal don't take anything only accept what's given but if anybody like starts asking questions just get the fuck just out of run town. yeah <laughs> so they keep traveling uh and they they reach gundaforus big big gund the g-man mm-hmm. gunda the wonder king <laughs> and a bond's like okay here's your carpenter and uh and gundo's like Okay, great. Uh, what can you build? What and can the, you build? And the guy's like, I plows, can... yokes, balances, ships, oars, masts, uh, monuments, temples, and royal palaces. <laughs> and it says specifically, like that the that the last ones, the big, huge buildings, are. That's how he knows. That's his stoneworking skill. Oh. Joseph wasn't a fucking stone worker. Where did he learn this? To how to build a palace. Um, you know, I mean, he's been working. He's been living his life. He's been working. I thought he was fucking following his brother around. That's a good point. Well, I mean, as we'll see very shortly, it's possible that. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He knew exactly what he was yeah. talking about. So, so Gundo's like, okay, great. That's very convenient because I need a royal palace built. Um, and that's why I s- sent someone to Jerusalem to find a carpenter because I need a palace built out of stone. And so Gundo takes. Uh, Thomas out into the wilderness, and he's like, "I got this plot of land all picked out. Here's where I want my palace." Yeah. And Gundo's like, "No problem." Let's. Thomas do is like, "No problem." Yes, excuse me. Thomas is like, "No problem." Here's how I'm going to do it. Yeah. Gundo's like, "This is amazing." He's you're like, a, "You're a fucking pro." Doors facing the east, mm-hmm. windows facing the west. We're going to put the bakehouse in the south end of the palace, and the water pipes. That's going to be in the north. And then and that's Gundo's when Gu- like. It like blows his fucking mind. He's, He's like, like, Tommy T, my man, you got whatever you need. Yeah, whatever you want. Blank gives check, him, baby. Gives him like a bunch of money right then. Fucks off to do whatever kings do. Um, And then keeps sending him money over the next several months. Yeah. Um, And Thomas just takes the money that is sent to him and he just hands it out to the local poor people. But then he tells the king like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah construction's going great, but he's not building anything. Specifically, the in the one missive that the text describes, Gundo asks, how's my palace doing? And Thomas says, the palace is almost complete. It just needs a roof. It just needs a roof. The bakehouse is in the south. It's 100% in the south. And um, finally, Gundo comes to visit, comes back into town, 
Um, and his friends are like, yeah, um, this guy, like, he hasn't built anything, but he seems really cool. He's, like, always giving money to the poor. Um, Which I'm confused about because if Gundo's <laughs> friends knew that this guy was just giving the money away. I know, like, why didn't they, they say just, anything? Like, send a quick message over. Yeah. Hey, you sure about this guy? And said so they're like, hey, seems like a nice guy. I mean, he's wasting the shit out of the king's money, but, you know. <laughs> they're like, he's always fasting and talking about God. I don't know. He seems like a decent guy. I'm sure he'll build the palace eventually. And then here's the direct quote from the text. Upon hearing this, the king hit his face with his hands, shaking his head for a long time. <laughs> you, is, done, you got scammed. Is this That's, the first recorded facepalm in history? Yeah, I don't know. That's a, it's a good facepalm, though. That moment when you got scammed. <laughs> TFW. <laughs> um, that feeling when Jesus' identical twin brother scams you. Scams you. So he, yeah, so he goes to Thomas and he's like, uh, where's my palace? And Thomas is like, oh, um, I got it totally built. You just can't see it because it's in heaven. And Gundo is like, fuck that. And he puts him and Abon in prison. He's going to have them flogged and burned to death. He he agonizes over how to kill these scammers. Yeah. He's just, like, I think. What would be the, like, most painful way? He's pacing, racking his brain. How can I kill these guys? And his brother. Gad mm -hmm. is so offended on his brother's behalf that he falls ill and dies. <laughs> He's like, how dare these peasants flout the rule of my brother. And his dying wish is that his brother kill this fake carpenter. <laughs> so Gad dies and we get a glimpse into a very strange version of the afterlife mm -hmm. where angels uh, take him up to heaven. And they ask him which house he wants to live in. And he sees this awesome palace and he's like, I want to live there. And they're like, oh, you can't. Um, that's not yours. That's the one that that Christian guy built for your brother. And Gad's like, OK, wait. <laughs> Give me like one second before I die. Let me just go back really quick. Buy this palace for my brother because he doesn't even think it's real. Yeah. So it'll be really easy to trick him. The angels are like, oh, yeah, OK, yeah, sure. Okay. Well, I mean, we, we can send you back if you want to trick your brother what into buying a spiritual palace. Yeah, that's in the rules. Who are these angels? I don't know. Who wrote these rules? Are these God's angels? Is this is this a Christian afterlife? Why are the angels allowing this? There's a lot of negotiating power, I guess. So, back on Earth, they're putting Gad in his, his burial attire. Mm -hmm. And he suddenly comes back to life. And he's like, bro, you got to sell me that palace. And... Gundo, it's actually not that easy to trick. <laughs> no, which is hilarious. He's like, "Hey, I've already been tricked once. Yeah, why are you? Why? Why is everybody so weird about this why palace? Is, why is everybody telling me stories about this palace?" Um, he isn't mad at his brother for literally coming back from the dead only in order to steal something that's his. <laughs> and um, he's just like, "Oh, I should have trusted that crazy carpenter guy." So he hauls Thomas out of jail. And both he and Gad are like, sorry about the flogging and the burning and stuff. Just uh, please teach us about the real God. And Wait, I, I just like it because he hired him to build a palace. He built the palace. He was not satisfied with the results because it was a spiritual palace, not a physical one. Mm -hmm. Sent him to jail. And then he brings him out of jail. He's like, I got another job for you. <laughs> You're building a palace for my bro. <laughs> yeah. How much money do you need? Yeah. It's like, well, it's a spiritual palace, so... The thing is, you give the money away to the poor. That's what 
builds the palace. So anyway, they have a big anointing slash conversion ceremony. And Thomas says a lot of prayers. Uh, I love this baptism scene. It's so weird when he baptizes the king and his bro because they have to get baptized to be Christian. Obviously. Even though he built him like, I'm so confused. The afterlife here (laughs) makes no sense. But anyway, let's just get through the 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 baptism it's very strange because this is what thomas says come thou holy name of christ that is above every name come thou power of the most high and the compassion that is perfect come gift of the most high come compassionate mother come communion of the male come she that revealeth the hidden mysteries come mother of the seven houses that thy rest may be in the eighth house come elder of the five members mind thought Reflection, consideration, reason. Communicate with these young men. Come, Holy Spirit, and cleanse their reins and their heart and give them the added seal in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Yeah. So starts off pretty normal. Then gets... Then gets kind of kind of yeah, weird. Like, yeah, a little weird. What are those things? Those things seem like Gnostic eons, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's some like secret hidden knowledge. Yeah. Um, Especially when it seems like in, the, in all the non- Gnostic texts uh-huh. that we've read, which is like the agnostic text, all of text. them, yeah, all the ones that weren't sure if God existed or not. Um, there's never anything about like, like, uh, classifying God as female, mm. but we did see that in the Gospel of Thomas. Um, and here there, it's not like saying God is female, but it's splitting it up. There are like aspects that he's referring to, yeah, that, that are, are male, that and are female, that are, which that is are what female. we saw in the Gospel of Thomas with you know like Sophia, yeah, so. I feel like that's a pretty big uh, check mark in the in the Gnostic column. <laughs> Great pronunciation. Thanks. But having had those two bros baptized, they're Christians now. Thank the Lord. And they can live in whatever kind of weird ass palaces Tom builds for them up in in the housing weird. track development that is heaven. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> where angels are into like tricking your brother. <laughs> anyway, with that. Unless he's Jesus. <laughs> Complete. I think it's about time we take a quick break. You're going to listen to some music. Well, the music is going to play. Whether or not you're going to listen, I don't know. But anyway. We certainly hope you will. We will be back in about a minute. And we're going to keep talking about the acts of Thomas until we're GD blue in the face. Blue in the fucking face. <laughs> anyway, bye-bye. Bye. Welcome back to Sunday School Dropouts. My name is Nico. And I'm Lauren. And we are talking about the Acts of Thomas. It's an apocryphal book. It's a not in the real Bible. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's about Jesus' twin brother who didn't exist. And his adventure to find himself in India. In India. Um, when Eat, we pray, <laughs> love, baby. When we left off, he had convinced some teens not to do it. And, Even though they were married. Mm-hmm, and then he won the heart of a king by grifting him out of a bunch of money. 
And now he's on the road again <laughs> in India. Are are Gondoforus and Gad with him now? Are they traveling with him? I I don't think so. Okay. Um. So he's he's traveling along. He's got some sort of entourage, right? I think he travels light, baby. <laughs> okay. I think well, Aban or Abanes is with him. Whoever's with them, they see a, a young man lying dead by the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And Thomas is like, what the fuck? And this big serpent dragon thing comes out of a hole in the ground. And it's like, I killed this young man and I will tell you why. I was in love with his girlfriend and I saw them having sex on the Sabbath. So I waited till she was gone and then I killed him. Also, I know that your Jesus is twin. Also, I'm the devil or well, something. <laughs> Thomas is like, okay, first of all, what, why are you a talking snake? What is even happening mm-hmm. right now? And the serpent is like, oh, uh, I'm a reptile, you know, like the son of reptiles, you know, like like the serpent that was in the Garden of Eden. In fact, I was the serpent. In the, okay, I'm Satan. Right. <laughs> okay, you got me. Thomas doesn't have to do a lot of sleuthing yeah. to like crack the code on that one. He asks him one question like, hey, what's your deal? And the guy's like, oh, you know, I'm the devil. You talking to me. <laughs> I'm the devil. And Thomas is like, Satan, suck the poison out of this young man. And he's like, no, I don't want to. He's like, I don't want to. Do I have to? And Thomas is like, Satan, suck the poison out of this boy. <laughs> so the serpent sucks the poison out and the the man comes back to life. And now the serpent dies from drinking all the poison and, and bursts open and all the poison explodes everywhere. <laughs> and it creates a chasm. And Thomas, so this is where I was confused because Thomas tells... The king and his brother to build houses there. Uh, I guess he just like sent word. I assume either this is like immediately outside the gates of the last town or they're traveling with them or something. But of uh, course, if in they any were, case, yeah, whatever. he says, you know, build some houses there. Uh, so there will be a dwelling place for strangers. The thing that Satan hates the most. I, I guess. Don't know. I mean, well, I guess he's a stranger. He is a stranger. Right. I but mean, yeah, nothing Satan hates more than, you know, like the YMCA or whatever. Yeah. I mean, Satan does hate immigrants. I think we've established that in our country. Uh, so the young man wakes back up from the dead and he's like, whoa, like what's going on? I just saw your twin standing next to you and he was telling me all this awesome stuff about heaven and like fixing my life. And where did he go? Can he come back? And Thomas is like, oh, yeah, like you're following him forever now. Um, you got to stop doing sexy stuff. Because your body is a garbage bag full of floppy, sweating sin. sin. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you got to be focused on purity and not sinning and going to heaven now. And um, there's like a, a, a crowd gathering, I guess, because, you know, he brought someone back to life and a giant dragon exploded. Second, second exploding dragon in the Apocrypha. That's a good point. That's a good point. Old Testament Apocrypha, one exploding dragon. New Testament Apocrypha, so far? So far. One exploding dragon. Can't rule out more in the future. We simply don't know. They're tied. And, um... Are we not going to point out that when Thomas first saw this young man lying on the ground oh, dead... Yeah. That he 
exclaimed to God. He was like, why did you give me this temptation? Yeah. What? Why is a dead? A dead boy, his temptation. temptation. I don't know. But he's like, he's like, why tempt me with this like physical beauty? It's like Thomas. I mean, like. I would the understand. I would understand if he was alive. Yeah. Uh, in any case, crowd gathers and uh, he he tells them all about how you know forget about worldly possessions and beauty and everything that all falls away. Just believe in Jesus and you'll have eternal life. Uh, then there's a couple more stories that we just don't have time to go into. We're already making this two part episode and we still have to cut shit out. Yeah. There's a story about a. Talking donkey cult. Mm, that's not a good one. And a rape demon. Ooh, that's an even worse one. And now... I know you're going to listen to that and be like, well, I kind of want to hear that. You don't. You don't. You don't. You don't. Um, and I, I know who's, I know every one of you out there who said that, and for shame. And fuck you. Mm-hmm. Well, you can look it up if you want. Yeah. But you might as well just like look up Incubus on, yeah. on Wikipedia, because yeah. it's the exact same story. Yeah, and it's just boring. Yeah. And uh, gross. In any case, then you should look up Incubus the band on Wikipedia because <laughs> they fucking rule, bro. Mm-hmm. Find out who produced their second album. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was going to be a fun trivia fact there. I mean, I'm sure it is a fun trivia okay. fact. I'm not having fun. Well, Thomas is basically just he's traveling through India, just converting people left and right. Mm-hmm. And um, this guy comes to his whatever, like traveling church or whatever. And this guy tries to take communion. Which is, you know, eating the bread and drinking the wine. It symbolized Christ's body and blood, broken and spilled for us to mm-hmm. save us from our sins. Just like the poison spilling out of a exploded dragon. And this guy's hands wither, so he can't put the bread in his mouth. And Thomas is like, okay, fess up. What, what, what? horrible deeds have these hands yeah. committed? <laughs> and it's... Kind of fucked, but kind of great too. Like kind of extremely fucked. Because the the young man says, I was sleeping with this woman. No. Oh, I guess. He says like this girl and I were in love with each other. Mm. And at a hotel. Yeah. Was there sex involved? I'm not going to say. But I, I assume so. What I did want was to have a celibate marriage with her. Right. Just like you keep saying, Thomas. Mm-hmm. But she didn't want that because she's a normal person. <laughs> so I killed her because <laughs> I didn't want her to have sex with someone else. And it's not like this is a crime that's been like simmering in his mind for a long time. He just, he just did this. Just killed he her just before did coming this to communion. And then decided to come take communion. So Thomas's response is also great. He says, oh, Insane intercourse. <laughs> How you lead to shamelessness. It's not always insane. Oh, unrestrained lust. How have you excited this man to do this? That's not what excited this man to do this. What excited this man to do this was, <laughs> was your, you. your fucking bizarre rule that even married couples can't have sex. And every, the human species should just go extinct and we should all die and go to heaven. It's all your purity shit that's got everybody weirded out. So Thomas... Has this guy wash his hands in holy water and they unwither. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, you got to show me the body. Son. Yeah. So they go to the 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 hotel motel, mm-hmm. Holiday Inn, where the murder took place. And she's still there. <laughs> she's literally still lying there dead. Nobody's noticed yet. That's how recently this happened. That's a fresh body. This happened like 30 minutes yeah. ago. 
Um, and, uh, Thomas, of course, says a prayer about how the world is fleeting and meaningless and only the next world matters. But before he does that, he does another creepy thing, which is that as soon as he walks in, it says, and Thomas was very sad because she was very comely. Yes. Yes. For someone who just, who is about to and who has recently said that physical beauty is completely worthless. But he's extra sad because it's a pretty girl that died. Yes. He's apparently very tempted by attractive corpses Mm -hmm. of any gender. That's true. I mean, that's... That's his main... Messed up. Yeah. No wonder he thinks sex is gross because he's only attracted to corpses. Yeah, everybody... Yeah, well, I don't want to go down that alley. (laughs) Nobody wants to go down that alley. In any case, he raises... Well, yeah, he actually has the... The murderer, like, raise her from the dead. Yeah. He, he like, gives he, him the power. Yeah, he feeds him some lines. He's like, hey, in the power of Jesus, if you want to come back, come on back, or whatever. Or whatever. That's pretty much how it goes. Though. Yeah, pretty much. And um, <laughs> she comes back, and she's like, you guys, I was just in hell. And here's what it was like. There was an ugly man in black, dirty clothes showing me around everywhere and there were all these fiery chasms where people are like being tortured on the wheel and like they were all on wheels and the wheels were turning and they were like smashing into each other <laughs> that's apparently what happens in hell and uh her her weird little tour guide man told her like these are adulterers like you mm-hmm. and here's a pile of their babies who i guess also go to hell <laughs> and uh Takes her to like another chasm where there's women hanging from their. It's like if they're hanging from their tongue, that means that they like said impure things. And if they were hanging from their hair, that means they didn't cover their hair with a scarf or whatever. And then takes her to a dark, stinking cavern, which is where the souls go after they're tortured. And the guy in the cavern's like, yes, yes, give her here. Put her in my little collection. And the tour guide's like, sorry, not allowed yet. And then she's like, oh, yeah. And then a guy who looked just like this guy came and, and, and took me back up. And now I'm alive again. And Thomas is like, yeah, that was my twin. <laughs> Jesus, kind of a big deal. You may not have heard of him. Um, <laughs> then he's just, there's obviously a huge crowd uh, gathered by now. And he's like, you know, hey, everyone, you heard the lady. Hell, it's bad. She's real. It's simply bad. There's nothing good down there. So stop sinning. Don't have sex. Everyone just follow Jesus and die. Yeah, don't eat. Don't have sex. Just sort of give up on everything and the entire world will waste away into nothing. Yeah. That does seem, I guess, like more Gnostic because like non-Gnostic Christian groups and Jewish groups think that God created the world. And mm. even even though Christian, like all the Christian sects sort of became more focused on how this world is fallen due to human sin and like heaven will be better, mm-hmm. they still thought of the world as like God's creation. That existing in the world is not a bad thing for people. It's just, well, it's bad because of humans. And, and there's still, you know, amazing parts of it those are the parts that were created by God. Mm. But the idea of like, no, nobody has sex. We're not procreating anymore. We're all just going to die out. That seems like you would have to 
be coming from at least somewhat of a Gnostic angle in thinking that the world is a, a cosmic accident. Right. A, like a perversion and of, it's of what's to just, supposed to be. It's just better to abstain from any of the human parts yeah, of Yeah, and life. then it would be better if the world didn't exist at all. Yeah. That's fucked. I can't get down. Fucked. I can't get down with that. And that's uh, the end of the first half of the Acts of Thomas. Guess we gotta write this little book. Yeah, it's a little it's, half book. We're gonna rate half. Rate the first half. Okay. Yeah. How would you rate this book, my dear? I think I'm gonna give it eight out of twelve carpentry scams. Okay. Um. It's wacky as shit. Mm-hmm. Always a plus in my book. Um, I love that <laughs> Jesus is child free. <laughs> Jesus is he's against kids. He's and, like an anti breeder, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, next time somebody asks me why I haven't had kids yet. I'm really excited to be like, well, Jesus said that most of them are possessed by demons anyway. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's, you're basically sacrificing your right to be a moral person. Yeah. And you're bringing more life into this perversion of existence mm-hmm. that we live in created by Yaltabao. <laughs> I think people will really like that answer and I think they'll leave me alone after that. No, they will definitely leave you alone. Um, um, I mean, it's insane. It makes no sense. Uh, but what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's the Bible. What are you going to do? Well, it's not the Bible. It's the fake Bible. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the Bible is often completely nonsensical. So I can't complain. I can't, I can't hold too much against this one for no. also being completely nonsensical. But like, honestly, what the fuck was the twin thing? <laughs> so I'm going to give it 19... 19- out of 23 Jewish flute girls. Okay. Because oh, that's pretty high score. I love the idea <laughs> of Jesus having an identical twin. That was just like never mentioned. That nobody ever talked about. He was there. He was there. <laughs> just nobody ever acknowledged the fact that he looked exactly like Jesus. But then he's going to go on this extra adventure in India. Yeah. Where like there are a bunch of parallels to Jesus's own acts and stories. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because it's kind of like... The people in India get to see exactly what it looked like. It's the traveling company yeah. of the Bible. It's like he's like an actor playing Jesus mm-hmm. so that people who weren't fortunate enough to be in Jerusalem at this time still get to see what it was like. It's like, let me tell you the story of Jesus. Actually, it unfolded much like many of the things you've just seen me do. Plus, I look exactly like Plus, him. I look exactly like him. <laughs> and we're both the hottest guy in the room. But it's, yeah, it's goofy. It's strange. Um it's weird in some small Gnostic ways. There's all kinds of crazy sex stuff going on <laughs> left and right, if you ask me. I mean, it's just, I, just, I love it. I love, oh yeah, no, we're not, no, sex is completely, we're done with that. Yeah. But then, <laughs> oh, you're married? That's beautiful. Don't have sex. Oh, number one thing you can do is just not just have, not just have sex. Just don't engage with life in that's any way. filthy yeah yeah just anything that's good anything if you feel good that's bad you should die right yeah anyway that's that's the first half of the oxytocin <laughs> who knows where it'll go from here we like we literally have we haven't even read the second half we have no idea it's i imagine it can only get even more crazy why does jesus have a twin <laughs>
but you'll have to tune in next week to find out. Uh, before we leave you forever, uh, until next week, we do have to check in that sick-ass mailbag. We do have, um, well, we got a couple uh, emails from people with suggestions for season three. Which we appreciate. Thank you. Keep them coming. Yes. And we will say we're not going to do any, like, we're not going to do the Quran. We're not going to do the Book of Mormon just because, like, that's not part of our background. Uh, we don't we don't feel, like, knowledgeable enough to talk about that. Mm-hmm. We feel like we'll just be like, uh, yeah, the Book of Mormon, it's pretty weird. I don't know anything about it. It all seems weird to me. The end. Yeah. I Which feel like if doesn't either. doesn't seem like a helpful. If one of us had some sort of history or knowledge of, of how that turns into real life then it might be might be slightly more compelling but as it is it might feel you know like we're just exploiting other people's beliefs for entertainment purposes which more than we usually do (laughs) yeah i'm i'm exploiting my my past self's beliefs Mm -hmm. so it feels okay to me it's like therapy yeah oh boy (laughs) it's like therapy but weirder uh, we also got an email from uh, listener Beth, who wrote in about our Ezekiel episode mm. from from many moons ago, and said she learned a song growing up that um, the lyrics were Ezekiel saw a wheel a rolling way in the middle of the air, a wheel within a wheel a rolling way in the middle of the air, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't know that one. I know, of course, Ezekiel had them dry bones, different, different, uh, bizarre prophetic vision from that same book. Yeah, what's with what's with Zeke and the songs? Well, I mean, it is definitely the book of the Bible with the weirdest mm. shit in it. And I imagery think. makes good song. Good yeah. imagery makes good songs. Yeah. Um, she said she can't remember if it was Sunday school or Girl Guides, <laughs> but now it's stuck in my brain again. She says, so that means she's Canadian. That's what they have in Canada. They have it all over the place, yeah. actually. Girl Guides. Well, in in the, in the greater. English-speaking world. Oh, we just have a special American Girl Scouts. Pretty much. Mm, that seems dumb of us. But the Girl Scouts are great, and I'm sure the Girl Guides are, too. That is our episode for today. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at Sunschool Drop. Same deal on Facebook. You can also email us uh, with suggestions or with questions or comments or with pets that you gotta get blessed or cursed we love to see them pets (laughs) we love sending them to heaven with some scammy angels and to hell with some dirty boys (laughs) (laughs) who dressed that dirty boy get him some clean clothes do your laundry boy uh if you want to send us email uh in any of the aforementioned categories you can do so by emailing us at contact at sundayschooldropouts.lol. Uh, we, of course, thank Nico. I thank Nico for our sound, engineering, editing, and original music. You're very welcome, my dear. We want to thank Elise Carlton for our original logo and art. You can also follow Lauren on Twitter at Lauren E. O'Neill. And we would super, super, super appreciate it if you would leave us an iTunes review. We are getting closer and closer to our goal. We're only like 10, 9 or 10 away from 100 reviews, which means Nico has to join Twitter. And then in this post-show uh, blizzard of words, we'll have Nico's Twitter handle also. God, what a strange and beautiful place that will be. Um, And so you could be like the amazing and attractive and magnetic things sitting on my desk who gave us 7 out of 7 fiery flying serpents 
and said, taps right into my deeply buried Fundy Evangelical Christian School upbringing. Thanks for the recovered memories and horror. You're welcome, things sitting on my desk. Anytime. That's what we're here for. We will be back next week with more Sunday School Dropouts. We've got all the hits coming your way. Will Lauren and I be talking to each other? Yes. Will we have read some Bible or Bible-adjacent material? Yes. We're going to have possibly a glass of vino in hand? Answer's a strong yes. A strong maybe. (laughs) Anyway, to find out whether I'm a huge liar or not, you're going to have to tune in next week. My name is Nico. And I'm Lauren. And we will see you next week on Sunday School Dropouts. Bye. Bye.